morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition live of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I've been off uh, from live production for a week, trying to catch up on some work that I had to do. And of course, preparing for the Thanksgiving weekend. And most of you were probably off <coughs> the last couple of days of, of last week, Thursday and Friday. Some even took off Wednesday. I took off from doing this live the entire week. Uh, but I am back live with you and I will be live with you every day for the foreseeable future. <coughs> Excuse me. My morning voice. I've been resting my voice. I didn't preach yesterday. When I rest my voice, it tends to get a little tired um, or maybe I shouldn't say tired, but tends to get a little rusty, maybe, if you will. Uh, the more I use it, frankly, from my perspective, the better it gets uh, up to a point, at least. Well, I, I hope you had a wonderful weekend. hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is not Turkey Day, folks. It's a day of Thanksgiving to Almighty God. Uh, check out my sermon preached. I didn't preach yesterday, but I preached last week. Um, and I gave a sermon on the heritage of Thanksgiving, uh, talking about the fact that we as Americans have a long heritage stretching back 400 years. I got my math wrong initially, I said 500, but, but it's 400 years um, since Governor William Bradford, or it'll, be four, it'll be 400 years exactly in two years, since the first Thanksgiving, it was, it was 400 years this past, uh, this November, it'll be um, 400 years since the first official Thanksgiving proclamation on this continent, which happened uh, on November 29th, I believe, of 1623. So in two years, we will celebrate 400 years of Thanksgiving. Then, of course, George Washington, uh, in his first official proclamation as president, his first official proclamation was a Thanksgiving proclamation, which he said, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his favor and protection. That's how the Thanksgiving proclamation opened up. And then he went on to thank God for giving us a government, giving us a constitution, the whole thing. That's who we are as a nation. And these idiots running around saying America is not a Christian nation, they're, they're, they've got holes in their head. And they just want to deny the facts because they don't like Christianity. They don't like the Bible. They don't like God. And so they think by denying it, everybody will say, oh, OK, America's not Christian. I'll tell you what, we could use a lot of Christianity right now, uh, given some of the things that are going on in our country. Um, this past weekend, in fact, really, this past week has been a week of lawlessness, starting with this. Uh, Daryl Brooks, who killed six people running into this Christmas celebration with an SUV um, who had a record as long as both my arms put together and uh, had just been released on first 300 and then a thousand dollars bail for violent crimes. I mean, he was a convicted sex offender. This guy was just bad news all around. He had just tried to kill his wife by running over her with an SUV, I think just a few days before that. I know it was just a few days before that. He got released on a $1,000 bail. And folks, if you don't understand, you've never been in the criminal justice system, which I'm glad for that. But the reality is that a $1,000 bail only requires somebody to put up $100 because the bail bondsman puts up the rest. It's a kind of an insurance policy to 
assure that you will come back to court when you're due and that whoever is responsible for the purchase of that bond then owes the bail bondsman if you fail to show up. So this guy was bad news and yet he was released anyway. So here's what I want you to see that the guy who is responsible for releasing him, this prosecutor, um, John T. Chisholm, uh, Milwaukee County District Attorney, said this back in 2007 about his, his loose and, uh, in my view, irresponsible bail policy. In other words, letting people go, just sending them back out the street until their trial. This is, a, this is the George Soros approach. I don't know whether this guy has been specifically backed by George Soros, but it wouldn't surprise me. He said, quote, is there going to be an individual I divert, meaning I just release, or I put into a treatment program who is going to go out and kill somebody? He's asking a rhetorical question. You bet. Guaranteed. It's guaranteed to happen. I'm still quoting. It's guaranteed to happen, he says. It does not invalidate the overall approach. Well, this guy killed six people. Do you think this might cause him to rethink his approach? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's convinced. It's still the right approach. Well, you know, folks, this is very typical of communists, of tyrants, of totalitarianists. People dying is not a big deal to them because they don't see people as individuals. They only see people as part of a mass. And a few people dying here and there to advance their policies, what's the big deal? Why are we making such a big deal out of that? Every tyrant, every totalitarianist, every dictator has that attitude. People are just pawns, and so a few of them die to advance your policies. So what? This guy admits that his policies will get people killed. <clears throat> admits it. And then says, quote, it does not invalidate the overall approach. Karl Marx would be proud. So the week last week kind of began that way. And then a week later, we've seen all of these store lootings, people walking in in groups of anywhere from four to 30 or 40 and just looting stores, grabbing all the loot they can get and just walking out the door. And in one case, a guy got shot trying to stop some people from doing that and killed. I started out saying um, people want to deny, or people on the left want to deny that we are a Christian country. Uh, I, I think we would do well to, 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 to put the commandment up once again everywhere we can, thou shalt not steal. But oh, no, 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 we, we can't do that because that'll be a violation of separation of church and state. Well, I'll tell you what, denying 
debunking, discrediting the commandments of Almighty God and treating them like there's some kind of threat to us is going to lead people getting separated from their property and getting separated from their lives against their will. And that's exactly what it's leading to. You know, Jesus said in the last days, iniquity, meaning lawlessness, would abound and the love of many would grow cold. And we're seeing exactly that. And say, so, well, wait a minute, what's love got to do with it? Sorry, Tina. I don't steal from you if I love you. If I love you, I don't want to take from you what belongs to you and appropriate it for myself, selfishly ignoring what it does to you. If I love you, I don't do that. See, the commandments that God gave us are all based upon love. If I love you, I'm not going to lie on you or bear false witness. If I love you, I'm not going to kill you. If I love you, I'm not going to steal from you. If I love you, I'm not going to covet what you have, try to figure out how I can take what you've got for myself or destroy what you've got so that I feel better about not having it. If I love you, I'm not going to do those things to you. But Jesus said iniquity would abound and the love of many would grow cold, meaning that people don't care what they do to somebody else as long as they get what they want. As long as they get their sick desires fulfilled. The worst thing in the world that this country has ever done is to allow a movement to develop which denies the existence of Almighty God and denies the absolute rules that God has given us and descending us into this moral and cultural relativism nonsense that frankly turns us into barbarians. The people who are going into these stores and grabbing materials, grabbing property, and walking out like they're entitled to it are like barbarians. That's what barbarians did in ancient times. They looted more wealthy, well-to-do villages, towns, anything they could get their hands on. They walked in and they took what they wanted. And they dared anybody to try to stop them. That's barbaric behavior. Yeah, I said it and I'm not taking it back. It's barbaric behavior. But this is what the left has given us. Because you got idiots like this who openly admit, oh yeah, this will get some people killed, but it doesn't invalidate the overall approach. Oh, it'll get property stolen. It'll get people killed. It'll get people severely injured. And I'll tell you something, folks. There, there are stories popping up about the number of guns that are being purchased in the country right now and that the, that the demand for firearms and ammunition continues at a very, very strong pace, really an unprecedented pace. And this is why. Because people are now beginning to understand that with all of this defund the police, dismantle the police, the police are racist, the police are no good, and you can't count on the police. Law-abiding citizens who respect the police are beginning to realize that the police are under attack too.
and that you can't count on the police to be there. Not that they wouldn't want to be there, not they wouldn't try, not that they wouldn't try, but you can't count on them to be there because they're under assault themselves. So if you're, you're out and about just minding your business, living a law-abiding life, you don't know when you're going to encounter some of these crazies who think that what you have, they're entitled to take, including your life. And I think the American people understand that ultimately you've got to defend yourself. God bless those police officers. I have the utmost, utmost respect for law enforcement because I really believe that they are overwhelmingly honorable and courageous people doing an extremely difficult job that has become even more difficult of late than it's ever been, more difficult, I think more difficult than it's ever been in the history of our country. And they're still trying to do it and trying to do an honorable job. But I think based upon the present condition, it is increasingly unlikely that they're going to show up in time to help you if you come under any kind of violent attack or assault. It's gonna be up to you to defend yourself. That's the way it is. And we have a fundamental God-given right to do just that, to defend ourselves. I don't expect any cessation in the number of firearms and the amount of ammunition being purchased because people are witnessing things like what we're seeing now with these marauders, really, just walking in and taking whatever they want and daring anybody to get in their way. And frankly, if I were in a department store, I'd do most of my shopping online because I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be bothered with the lines and all this, this, this waiting nonsense. Um, but I do have to go into stores from time to time. And if I were in a store and people walked in and they decided they were going to loot the store, I, I'd be very honest, I'd just get out of their way and try not to, not to be involved. Because it's not my property, it's up, it's up to somebody else to defend that property. Now, I see somebody attacking a human being, that's a different matter. That's an entirely different matter because I really believe that I have a moral obligation, not necessarily a legal one, but I have a moral obligation before God to do what I can to protect that person and to protect the innocent. I believe I have a moral obligation to do that. But if, it's, if they're taking property, even though that's wrong, it's a sin, it's a sin against God, it's a sin against the people who own that property. I would never do it. I would never participate in anything like that. It's absolutely morally degenerate. But I mean, if the legal system is now giving them carte blanche and saying, well, as long as you don't steal over $999 worth, it's a misdemeanor. We'll give you a ticket. Take your property and go. Why in the world am I going to put my life on the line for that? You got idiots like this prosecutor who thinks that, yeah, it's, 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 it's entirely appropriate to not make a big deal of this. It's, after all, it's, it's reparations. It's social justice. When it comes to hurting human beings, that's an entirely different matter. Or you put my life under threat, then I've got a right to fight back. I've got a right to defend myself. But I mean, that, that, but that's where we are. That's sadly where we are. And frankly, if I may be very pointed about this, that's where the Democrat Party has brought us. My wife and I were talking about this this morning. We're talking about John Kennedy 
And I've heard other people say it. John Kennedy would be kicked out of the Democrat Party today because John Kennedy was pro-capitalism, pro-free enterprise, low taxes, and anti-communist. Well, the Democrat Party, they, they're not anti-communist. They want to be communists. They're not against the communism. Uh, they're not against communism or against uh, the Communist Party. They, they're for it. They like it. I've said the Democrat Party has, in effect, become the Communist Party of America. I guarantee the Communist Party USA, which is the official Communist Party in our country, I guarantee that they're applauding pretty much everything the Democrats do. They love it. And you know that the members of the Communist Party, you know they vote Democrat. Oh, yeah, that they vote Democrat. I mean, a few of them might vote for the Green Party or, you know, something like that. But some some other far left entity that they think better represents whatever their particular concerns are. But but they mostly the Communist Party mostly votes Democrat. Because the Democrat Party has come to represent communist values. And one of the reasons I mean, you've heard some of these politicians say, well, it's uh, uh, stealing property is not violent. I mean, you, you go in and ransack and, and break uh, 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 display cases and, and, and turn over stuff and rip stuff open and tear down shelves. And I mean, of course, it's violent. It's not just directly focused on a human being. But in those kinds of situations, if human beings get in the way, it quickly turns to violence against another human being. But the left says, oh, no, 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 it's just, it's, just, it's just property. It shouldn't even be a crime. Well, that's what Karl Marx thought. Karl Marx thought that stealing property shouldn't be a crime. In fact, Karl Marx thought that there should be no criminal justice system uh, as we know it today. Of course, we know what actually happens in communist countries. Not only is there a criminal justice system, of course, it doesn't deserve that lofty term, but they just basically summarily execute people who get in the way or who aren't helping to... The, the revolution, just like Robespierre and the guillotine, same deal. You're, you're counter-revolutionary, there's only one punishment, off with his head, literally. And the Communist Party of China is no different. Communism in, in Cuba is no different. Communism in Vietnam is no different. I mean, they, they've put on, a, 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 shall we say, a, a softer face, but it's the same ugly evil behind the scenes, same thing. Venezuela, chaos, murder, uh, totalitarian control, violation of human dignity and, and people's right to freedom of speech and freedom of religion and, 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 and freedom of conscience, all that's out the window. Absolute and total control. except for the people who they consider to be their compatriots. They can do pretty much anything they want. See what the, what the Khmer Rouge did when they took over Cambodia? I mean, they brutalized the Cambodian people, just brutalized them. Treated them all like slaves, which is what communism does, treats everybody like a slave. except the people who are willing to abuse others, the people who are willing. I mean, you know, they, they, would, they would walk up to people who were, had worked hard and had earned things and just take it from them. You don't need that anymore. 
The revolution needs it. The Khmer Rouge needs it. The Ankar needs it, which is what they call themselves. The Ankar needs it. That's, that's, that's what they do. And, and this, this, this looting and all this stuff that we're seeing is really an expression of the seeds that have been sown by the Democrat Party and the far left to destabilize the country. Uh, I need, I, I'm going to get to the word because I'm going I'm to wrap up. I'm going to try to wrap us up around 9 o'clock, but I'm going to get to the word here. But look, folks, make no mistake about it. Black Lives Matter over this past weekend said that everything you did for Thanksgiving, you did on stolen land. And of course, people turned around and said, well, everything you've done, you're doing on stolen land too. Isn't that true? If that's what you, if you believe that idiocy. And I don't want to get into a history lesson about that, but, it, uh, but that, all that stuff is just preposterous. It's just, it's just silliness meant to divide us. But, but that's, that's who they are. They, they, what they want is, this is what I'm getting to, they want to delegitimize America. They want to convince people, particularly our young people, that America is not a legitimate country and that the only just thing to do is overthrow this system and replace it with something else. Throw out the Constitution, throw out the Declaration, throw out our laws, and replace them with a, a, a system based on social justice. Which, of course, what they're really saying is they want a communist system. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, come, let, let's move past socialism. Socialism sounds too nice. It's nothing but a euphemism for communism, a euphemism for out-and-out for -out Marxism, totalitarian control. And you see that that's what they want. You can see that. They want, I mean, New York has already declared a state of emergency over the Omicron variant that apparently is spreading in South Africa and Southern Africa. And they, they don't have a single case in New York, but they've already declared a state of emergency. Why? So that they can have the kind of power that they want over people because I've said before, folks, they're addicted to it. They're never going to give it up now. You have to take it from them because they're never going to give up the power and control that this, this, this uh, communist Chinese Wuhan virus has given them. They're never going to give that up. It'll have to be wrested from them. And the only way we're going to do that is right now at the ballot box. Voting these idiots out of office I mean, New York right now is prepared to give 800,000 uh, non-citizens voting rights in New York. I mean, this, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's treasonous. That's a, you're, you are a traitor to this country. Because really what they're trying to do is recruit some people who can once again subvert the nature of our system and help them, Bill de Blasio particularly, Bill, Bill de Blasio is a communist. I mean, who are we kidding? Bill de Blasio is a communist. And I guarantee you, in the quiet of his own home, when he's looking in the mirror, he knows it. He just doesn't want anybody else to know it. But that's what he is. And that's really what they're aiming for. That, that's, that's what they want. And that all the stuff that we're witnessing, all of it is symptomatic of the direction in which they're trying to take the country. Because you won't hear Democrats condemning this looting. They won't hear them doing that. They'll justify, oh, well, we don't want to make, you know, they're, no, they're too busy focused on January 6th because after all, that was the greatest threat to the nation that ever took place. Let me Fauci asking a question 
Because there are many people who think Fauci should be in jail. I'm one of them. I think Fauci has been responsible for the murders of millions of Americans. I think he has cooperated with communist China in what has happened to our country. He didn't even tell us about the gain of function research that was going on in the Wuhan lab. He should have immediately. But you know what he said? Oh no, those are reputable scientists over there. They're communists. They work for a brutal communist dictatorship. Reputable, reputable to whom? To Xi Jinping? This man is a traitor to our country as far as I'm concerned. He's trying to save lives. He needs to be retired and then he needs to be investigated. And if he's found to be guilty of, of criminal malfeasance in his job that led to the, 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 the deaths of Americans who didn't have to die if he had taken different steps instead of covering his own rear end and pontificating about how I'm science, I am science. And if he's found guilty of a violation of criminal statutes, he should be put in jail. I, I, I entirely agree with those who, who believe that that's where he belongs. Now here again, there needs to be evidence developed for the things he's done. I want to know what his financial interests are. I want to know where they lie. I want to know how much money he's got in China. We just found out that John Kerry has got a million dollar investment in a Chinese, comp a Chinese fund. Not to mention that he is apparently involved through his manufacturing, uh, involved in the use of slave labor in China because China still has slavery. You got these idiots who want to defend China like Joe Biden and, uh, and LeBron James and, and other idiots who don't have the sense God gave a gnat and they want to attack and, and, and denigrate America and defend a, a communist totalitarian regime that daily abuses its people with impunity. And they want to turn America into, oh, wait, America's the worst place in the world. Oh, communist China. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they only kill, a, they only kill you know, a few tens of thousands of people annually, but, but only as needed. Work them to death, put them in slave camps, kill them if they get out of line. But, 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 great country, though. Great people. I mean, it's, just, it's disgusting. It really is. It's disgusting, folks. Let me, let me get to, I'm not going to get much in because I, 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 well, you know what? Let me, I'll be led by the spirit on this. We're in Colossians chapter one, haven't finished chapter one yet because we got a long way to go to get to finish chapter one. Um, but I'm going to come back to verse 13, um, actually verse 12, because I think the, the last verse we talked about, I'll tell you what, I'll pick up the ninth verse, read that, and then come up, come down and begin to teach on verses 12 and 13. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, uh, heard what? The day we heard of your faithfulness and your love of the saints. It says, um, your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints. So it says, and, and that's back at verse 3. It says, the ninth verse, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And we covered that that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. 
and then the 12th verse, which is very appropriate as we come out of the Thanksgiving holiday, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now look, we have not been qualified by our own efforts and actions. We have been qualified by Almighty God. And he qualified you, if you're a Christian, he qualified you the moment you surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's God who qualifies us, not, not we who qualify ourselves. It's God who qualifies us to be partakers. In other words, to be sharers, partners, a part of. That word is meris, um, to, to share in, to participate in, to be a partner in the inheritance of the saints in the light. In other words, God has an inheritance set up for us. And by the way, he has a particular inheritance for each of us. So, you know, God is not like the, the, the world, these leftist ideologies that want to create utopia, where individuals don't matter, only the masses do. And speaking of Fauci with his little messianic pretensions, you know, he always says, I'm trying to save lives. I'm trying to save lives. And, you know, lockdowns. And he's lectured people about, uh, in interviews about, well, you, you, you want to talk about, you, you don't have individual liberty. You owe a debt to society. You know, you know, just spoken like a true communist. Remember Barack Obama? You didn't build that. Same idea. You're not really responsible. It's a collective effort. All of us have participated. You don't even, you don't even really, your property doesn't really belong to you. It belongs to all of us. It's that kind of mindset. But there is an inheritance that God has set up for you personally. You personally. Now it is part of a broader inheritance for all of his people, not for the whole world, but for those of us who have put our faith in him but it is also personal to you. He's qualified you to inherit what he has for you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever allow religion to reduce you to a simple cog in a wheel or anything else for that matter, including this leftist ideology, to reduce you to a cog in a wheel. That's not what you are. The Bible says God has numbered every hair on your head. That he knows you're down sitting, he knows you're uprising, he knows you're going, he knows you're coming. He knows everything about you. He is intimately connected to you personally. And your inheritance is unique to you personally. There is, look, there is a, a, a broad inheritance of love and joy and peace sin forever done away with, death forever done away with, all the defense forever done away with, all lack forever done away with, all lawlessness forever done away with, all sickness, all disease, all, all of that forever done away with. That is an inheritance of the saints in the light. But within that context, there's you and what God has for you. You know, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Now there's laid up for me, for me, a crown of righteousness. 
See, your crown's different than my crown because I don't believe that God is talking about here about something you literally wear on your head. I believe he's talking there about imbuing you with, with all the accoutrements of heavenly eternity that are unique and special for you. And when Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions, many. Why many? Because he has many people. And everybody's going to get what he has for them. It's not just, oh, God's, you know, I mean, and that's what people like to do. They like to create this sort of conglomeration, this mass. You ought to see it personally. Because your relationship with God is unique and intimate. Now, there are things about it, obviously, that all of us who love him and know him share. But then there are things that are unique to you as well. Wow. And it's, you know, that is so encouraging. It really is. It really is. You know, even twins aren't exactly the same. They may have the same DNA, the same parents, carried by the same mother, raised in the same household, but they're not exactly the same, are they? Never, they're never exactly the same. Their personalities are different. Their approach to things can be different. Their choices in life can be different. I said that simply to say, even, when, even with twins, there are distinctions between two identical twins. You are unique. There's never been and never will be anybody quite like you. That's the way God intended it. Because he made you unique so that you and he would have a unique relationship. I said in church yesterday, I don't know whether I said it while we were live streaming, but God knows you better than you know yourself. That's why it's appropriate for us to surrender to him and ask him to lead God and direct us because not only does he know what he wants us to do, he knows what we will be fulfilled in doing. Thirteenth verse says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So you see, you and I physically as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we live in the same physical world and we deal with the same physical realities. But we live in a different realm. That word kingdom is realm. We live in a different realm. We live in a spiritual realm that the world doesn't see or understand. Says he's delivered us from the power of darkness. That's the world. That's that's the realm the world lives in that those who don't know Christ live in. They live in a realm that is controlled by the power of darkness. The word says the whole world lies under the sway of the enemy, the sway of the wicked one, the sway of the devil. Says and conveyed us 
translated us. That, that word means to be taken out of one area and put into another. Conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we now live in the kingdom. And I just want to encourage you with this. We've got inflation running rampant. We've got shortages as a result of supply chain issues. Um, we've got potentially shortages of fuel, which could drive tr prices way up. We've got lawlessness and crime running rampant, particularly in our cities, but all over the country. Um, we've got China behaving very aggressively and breathing down our necks and making all kinds of threatening statements, uh, particularly with regard to America's willingness to defend Taiwan. We got all this stuff swirling around us, not to mention the controversies over race and trying to teach critical race theory and, and the craziness of all this transgender and homosexual and lesbian perversion that the world is just pushing, pushing at you, just pushing at you. All that stuff is in the realm of darkness. But that's not where the Christian lives. See, all that stuff, by the way, all that stuff has spiritual roots. You understand that? All of those problems are rooted and grounded in the spirit of Satan and sin. Now, I'm not giving you some kind of way out theory about this. You all, as Christians know, now people who are not Christians may not understand this, but everything that's wrong is rooted and grounded in sin. Sin is what polluted the world. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the whole world groans in travail, waiting for the adoption of the sons of God. In other words, it's waiting for God to cure it of its sickness. And all that stuff is in the realm of darkness, which is the sickness that sin has created and that, that really captivates and holds captive all human beings until, until Jesus conveys you into the kingdom of the son of his love. Out of the darkness, now qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, delivered from the power of darkness, conveyed into the kingdom of the inheritance of the sons in the light or the kingdom of the son of his love. You live in a different realm now. So what are you saying, Bishop? I have to pay more for products just like everybody else does. Yeah, but you don't have to suffer from it. What I'm saying is you should be believing God to operate in kingdom liberty, in kingdom separation from the power of darkness. Notice this. It says you've been delivered from the power of darkness. It's not that darkness is not out there or, or, or not all around you in some way, but it no longer has power over you. So I'm going to pray for you before we end today. That all these things that are happening, you will see yourself as separate and apart from them. Do you remember when the children of Israel were about to come out of Egypt and they were facing, uh, God was just, just hammering Egypt with plague after plague after plague. But the children of Israel lived in Goshen. 
So there'd be darkness in Egypt, but light in Goshen. There'd be lice in Egypt, but none in Goshen. There'd be frogs in Egypt, but none in Goshen. There would be a, a plagues in Egypt, but none in Goshen. And there was death in Egypt, but life in Goshen. Remember that? See, Goshen is a representative of the kingdom of God. And so, Bishop, how do, I, how do I deal with this? Here again, I got to pay the same gas prices. But what, what your faith ought to be, but Lord God, I am now conveyed into the kingdom of the son of your love. And in your kingdom, there are no shortages. In your kingdom, there is no lack. In your kingdom, there's abundance for every good thing. Well, are, you, are you hearing me? Because I tell you, well, that, that, is, that is Holy Ghost truth. But you've got to believe it. See, this is what Christians have got to understand. If, you, if you've never heard what I'm telling you now, and you don't embrace it and believe it and receive it, you can live like everybody else. Because the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because he that comes to God, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, that's not talking about heaven. That's not talking about when you, when you die and go to the sweet by and by. It's talking about right in the rotten here and now. Inflation, crime, COVID, all this stuff does not have to affect you. You, you take your stand as a citizen of the kingdom of the son of his love, where none of that stuff exists. Now that now we're talking spiritual now, doesn't mean that, you, you know, your neighbor across the street is not sick of COVID. Remember, when we get to heaven, when we get to the, the fulfillment of the kingdom, there's not going to be anybody <laughs> sick of anything. Doesn't mean that. But it means you don't have to get sick and die from it. But look, Christians have got to understand this and receive this and believe this. It says, in whom we have redemption. You know what redemption means? Bought back. In whom we have been bought back or bought out or, 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 or bought away from all of that stuff through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. See, sin is the connective tissue that links people to that darkness. And when Jesus Christ, by, the, by his blood, severs that connection whom the son sets free is free indeed you shall know the truth and the truth shall make I'm see I'm teaching you truth now and this truth if you will accept it is setting you free from the what's been holding you captive you've been worried about how am I going to live how am I going to do how am I going to how you don't need to be worried about that what you need to do is put center on this thank you Lord that you've delivered me from the power of that darkness you conveyed me into the kingdom of the son of your love because I have redemption through your blood and the forgiveness of sins. That sin no longer connects me to that world because my sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. See, Satan needs sin to get a hold of you. He does. 
he needs it. And when we were without Christ, when we were without Christ, it was easy because we lived a life of sin. So he could get his clutches in us all kinds of ways, our attitudes, our behavior, our speech, everything. I mean, he just, he had so many hooks in us. I mean, we were all bound up and didn't even know it. But once Jesus comes through and severs all those chains and cleanses you of sin, now Satan reaches for you, but you know what Jesus said about Satan? Said he has nothing in me. <laughs> he has nothing in me. You as a Christian can say the same thing. He has nothing in you. But Bishop, I, unlike Jesus, I'm not perfect. I sin. Yeah, but the sin has already been washed away. The sin has already been paid for. When Satan reaches for your sin, he can't find anything. Because Jesus Christ has already paid the awesome union price for your sin. And remember, Satan doesn't get his hooks in, in your flesh. He's got to get in here. And who is in here? A new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God. And Satan doesn't want anything to do with that. He has nothing in Jesus. And if Jesus is in you and you're in Jesus, he has nothing in you. I got to go. Wow. Praise God for his word. I love you. Pray for me, please. Um, man, I, you know what? I'll talk to you about some other things a little later. Let, let me get on to the rest of my day. Look, you have a wonderful and blessed day. And always remember this. Oh, and by the way, I'll be on today at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on American Family Radio with The Awakening. So be sure to tune in or, or, or listen to me on the app, the AFR app, or you can listen to it at Bishop E.W. Jackson. I mean, as, at the E.W. Jackson app as well. Uh, and I'll be live streaming too. Uh, right now, Facebook and YouTube are, are airing my stuff. So I'll, I'll be live streaming through those, those vehicles as well. So in the meantime, remember folks, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.